Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Sarah Pascoe. Hello, I'm Carrie Lloyd, And we're weird about books. We love to read. We read too much. We talk too much. About the too much that we've read. Which is why we've created The, the Weirdos, Weirdos Book Club. Club. Join us! A space for the lonely outsider to feel accepted and appreciated. A place for the person who'd love to be in a real book club, but doesn't like wine or nibbles. Or being around other people. Is that you? Join us. Check out our Instagram, at Sarah and Carriad's Weirdos Book Club, for the upcoming books we're going to be discussing. You can read along and share your opinions. Or just skulk around in your raincoat like the weirdo you are. Thank Thank you for reading with us. We We like reading with you. This week's book guest is... Fight Night by Miriam Taves. What's it about? Well, it's about a young girl, her falling apart grandma and her pregnant actress mother. What qualifies it for the Weirdos Book Club? Well, everyone in it is delightfully crackers. In this episode, we discuss air travel, mental health, embarrassing parents, giving pregnant women seats and farts. Trigger warning, in this episode, we mention suicide. Welcome, Cariad. Welcome, Sarah. We've we, got a book guest and no human guest. No human guest. It's just, we're just kicking back, old school. You just relax. Yeah. It's just Cariad and the Sarah. OGs. The OGs. The OGs. So you chose this book and you had previously read this book. So where, how did it come oh. to you? What was the, what's the origin story? If you find I it think embarrassingly, it was an Instagram thing that it kept. Why is it embarrassing? Well, because that's where I get a lot of my book recommendations. That's not embarrassing. From. Oh, I feel a bit embarrassed. Like I should be getting them from the Times Literary Supplement. Oh, no. If Instagram knows what the kind of thing you like, that's I a do, positive thing. Yeah, I do follow lots of people who read. Yes. Which is great. Great yeah. for them. They're good at reading. Yeah. And it was one of those, it's got a nice bright cover and it was one of those ones that kept popping up. Did it? Yeah, like for like three months, people kept sharing. Did oh, they? just finish this, just finish this. Oh, that's good. And then she did, Um, she also wrote Women Talking, which I haven't read. Oh, it's the same author it's as Women Talking. It's the same author. And the film had come out and everyone was yes. going on and on about that. And then I think this was the book. That and, that, and that was a novel about something true. Yes. Yes. So then I went, you know, I was in the bookshop and I was like, oh, yeah, that lady. Oh, that book. And that was literally all I know. Actually, tell a lie. I got it on a Kindle, I think, when I was ill last year. Ah. <laughs> um, so it was a Kindle buy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just. But I knew nothing. I never read any of her stuff before. I just saw lots of people going, this is good. Yeah. Didn't know anything about it, which is quite how, that's how I like to roll. But I like sometimes in life but especially with books where it feels like they sort of they find you mm. they came to you at the right time yeah totally totally yeah. and I started it 
I don't know. How you, I didn't like it at first mm. because it's so. We should say it's about Swiv. Um, so because the narrator is a child. Yeah, twelve. Well, she 12? I, 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 I'm glad you don't know because oh, she's yeah, they nine. Don't say. Oh, because nine. it's unspecified. Yes, and then when it gets to her height, I was like four foot five inches. Yeah. How tall? Because I at times I thought she was fourteen. Because, yeah, because her grandmother and mother talk about such adult things around her. Yes, I knew that she was younger than sixteen. But had no idea how. Does young. it? Does she sneakily never tell you how old she is? Is it one of unless those? I've unless I've missed a detail? But on the internet, it says she's nine. Okay, well, I mean, it's a bit of a cheeky novel thing, isn't it? Because she doesn't read. Obviously, she reads much more maturely and interestingly, like a nine-year-old. But it's in the yeah. it's in the rhythm of a nine-year-old. There's a tone at the beginning where yes, I balked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's like writing to her dad, who's not there, who's disappeared. Mm. And she doesn't know why her dad has disappeared. Yeah. And it reads like that stream of consciousness of a child. Yeah. And when I started, I was like, oh, this is really annoying. It's like a nine-year-old constantly talking style, to you. She's made the decision to not put, obviously, speech in quotation marks and also not to put it separate from the text. So yeah. it does, it has a really flowing sense that at the beginning might, you know, uh, take a while to sort of judder into. But once you're into it, it means that it just flows so beautifully and feels like you're just sitting there in the kitchen or on the aeroplane with them. Yeah, yeah. And they, they live in Canada and um, so she lives with her grandmother, who is, you know, old and falling apart slightly and heavily well, she's medicated. caring for her grandmother. Yeah, she's caring it's for her grandmother. She from. doesn't go to school. She's dropped out of school. Her mum is pregnant and is an actor yeah. and is rehearsing for a play. Yeah. And they live in a rough neighbourhood. And there seems like someone's trying to make them move out of their house. There's Jay pol- Gatsby. Jay Gatsby. There's police. She's definitely a troubled kid, I guess, would be, you You know, because cliched way of describing yeah. her uh, because yeah. of the fighting at school she's been fighting troubled? at school she's kicked out yeah and she and you know her and her grandma watch basketball and murder she wrote and and call the midwife, call the midwife. i love the call the, call midwife, the midwife yeah 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 um and yeah i i say so at the beginning i was like oh this is so annoying she's such an annoying child and then just slowly you just drop into her voice and i I don't know you but I just think it's fucking brilliant. I just love this it book so much. So much. It does so I much. Say that this book so and so Such a skilled piece of writing. Yeah. yeah. So skilled. Yeah. To be a nine year old's voice mm. telling you these things that the grandma is saying and the mum is saying and, and reveal the things she reveals about this very, very fucked up family. And we have one chapter in the grandma's voice. Yes, where, where she the, records her. Yeah, yes, where she and it is literally like again, stream of consciousness. But the slowly, slowly revelations of what has happened to her dad mm. or what has happened to her mum and her grandmother and and the other members of the family who have died yes, and yeah. how they died and this house is it's full of grief and depression and mental yes. health. Yeah. But it's never done in a kind of mawkish well, way. The thing that I felt really hugely about it and that is a testament to the author is that I felt so much love all oh, the time. So much love. The love for the grandma, the love for Swift, for the unborn baby. Yeah, they're called Gord because it's as big as a Gord. The, the love that goes between her and her mother, even though it is a dysfunctional relationship, her mum feels a lot of guilt. She feels like a failure, but she's always apologising. Yeah. Um, her anger never feels to be, the mum's anger never feels to be oppressive or... Well, no, it's just, yeah. it's incredible, isn't it? And it's, the mum's, and the grandmother's illnesses... I mean, this, if you, <laughs> to describe this book, it would sound so depressing, but it yes. is never depressing. Yeah, that's why I think so. That's why I enjoy it so much. And yeah, this was my second read. And, you know, I didn't intend 
I didn't intend to like read it super closely because I read it quite recently mm. and I couldn't help myself. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to read it. It's so good. Like, yeah. I'm just going to sit and enjoy this book. It's so, it's so brilliant. So the grandma is originally, she sort of speaks German. Yes. But described as being Russian immigrant. So obviously somewhere, somewhere in Europe at some point, her family came over yes. to this. And lots of these people from her town came over. There's a huge community of them living in Canada mm. and a huge community of um, people from the same village living in Fresno mm. in California. In the second half of the book, they go to visit some cousins, Ken and Lou in Fresno. And she, the grandma is drip feeding this insane history of what happened to her. She's one of 15 kids, yeah, 14 15 kids. Children. Um, so when she was born, she was left at the hospital because her mum was too tired yeah. and sick and couldn't cope. And then, and then she, they came back for her when they, she felt strong enough. When she was like two or something. Yeah, and she, she slept was, in a hallway. She, she was so small and she stopped the house burning down. She was in charge of the coal. Yeah. <laughs> and Swift always describes it as like, oh, she's talking her secret language. And I couldn't work out if it was if it was German or like she speaks some German in the book. Mm. Or if it was Yiddish as well. I yeah. couldn't work out. I was like, but there's there's um there's obviously lots of, you know, yeah, immigrant families living in this area and grandma goes to visit all these old ladies who are all falling apart mm. but have this incredible attitude to aging and well humor yeah, talking about so much humor sort of uh <laughs> ending it themselves or laughing on the telephone about someone who's decided to get cremated because he found out how much cheaper it was and stylish because everyone else was doing it even though he spent his life telling and them they and couldn't a nine get cremated year old trying to work out but he'll be dead why would he matter about the cost of being in fashion <laughs> and his grand and uh as an older lady, the grandma and her friends, that making complete sense to them, that the skin flints decided to get cremated because it's cheaper. And they're just constantly talking about death. Like, they talk yes. about death all the time. Yeah. And Swiv is... I guess the other thing is you're dealing with as well is, like, Swiv knows a lot of stuff and also doesn't know a lot of stuff. Mm. So you have that child perspective, like, she understands that the grandma is sick and is dying but she's also got this like terrible anxiety because she's so worried about her mum mm -hmm. and her mum had left them before and her dad has has just disappeared yeah, so she's got no idea where her dad is and sometimes you forget that in the fun of the yeah. novel and then she'll say well you'll know this already because you know where you are and you're going oh this isn't for me it's for her yeah, dad she's writing these sort of writing as if she's writing a diary to her dad yeah. so that's this massive question mark and that is huge sadness where is the dad and the men, there's a lot of stuff, isn't it? Because it's three women, and, and really. With her, even when I thought I was reading from a sort of 12 or 13-year-old's perspective rather than nine, her awareness of the outside world, the mum having a problem with the director who like yeah, touched yeah. her all over, yeah. for instance, and then later on in more detail, sort of a director wanting her to do things she didn't want to do, like taking all of her clothes off. Yeah. She's a child. Yeah. And she has, an, she has that awareness. Well, they're super honest with her, aren't they? Yeah. Like they have, the mum and grandma have an amazing conversation about the mum's asking grandma when she last had sex. Yeah. And Sriv is like dying. It's yeah. like, you're and, all and, so embarrassing. And, but the grandma, when her daughter, Sriv's mother, was losing her virginity, yeah. sort of gave her like a picnic basket and a <laughs> congratulations card it's and packed so snacks. Funny. It's so and funny. And poor Sriv is listening to it and it's just the worst. And also the things they talk about 
not just not filtering in public like there's yeah. a there's a scene on the bus which i really felt because oh, i've God. so recently been heavily pregnant on london <coughs> transport where no one will give yeah they literally a won't give her a seat they tell her but, to fuck off but basically. she's doing that thing we all wish we had done where she's like making a scene about it and she's telling them she's pregnant and one of the men is just like congratulations i know and he doesn't move i yeah. thought it was terrible yeah did people not give you a seat no and i and honestly when i was when i was nine did you ask did you say give me that seat i started demanding no. it. no because I'm too angry. Because uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to ask in a civilised way. I would get so furious. I used to tap them on the shoulder and say... They would look up down. from their phones and look at me and then go, I didn't see you. And they'd be sitting in the, the, the special I just, seats. I would not... I couldn't... I, I'm so officious. No, I admire it about you. I honestly think it's the difference between a middle class and <laughs> working class upbringing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I, I feel like, excuse me. Exactly. And I would do the tap on the shoulder. Yeah. and be like, yeah. that's my seat. Whereas I just send bad vibes from my head. Well, I get to sit down. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how class works. Whereas I'm still angry. <laughs> I'm still angry. It's just all aimed inwards. Oh, see, this is why the, we have a class problem in this country. Um, yeah, I find it outrageous not to tap people on the shoulder and just be like, get up. I do it for other people. I, I tap them I th- and say, there's an old lady down there. It's wonderful if people do it for other people. And I have to say, once a teenage girl stood up for me. Oh. A, teenage, a teenage girl stood up. And, I, and, and she was like an example to all of these adults yeah. of... Yeah, I've had yeah. that. Do you know what? The worst, I had another pregnant woman try to stand up. Well, that's she it. She said, you can yeah. sit down. And both, I was like, no. Yeah. And then I said to the man next to me, I said, you get up. She shouldn't get up. Look at her. How can you not? It comes out my mouth yeah. before I've yeah. even dealt with it. Can I tell you something else I've noticed, though? So I've, I've had it where if I'm holding Albie in a sling, a pregnant woman will offer me a seat. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're the other person who's empathetic. But I've seen this thing that if Steen... Yeah. who's you know tall handsome oh. man he gets up to help a woman say oh. say with a buggy or to offer a seat all the other men start performatively yes. acting like gentlemen it's like oh you'll do it for each other because yeah. you feel each other's gaze yes yeah. but not for me oh i'm i'm like him <laughs> i also so then so sarah i could be on your army yes so steen helped a, a some a, a woman on with a buggy on the piccadilly line and then the next stop another woman and like five men got up to like <laughs> no i'll help you oh she's looking around like what is this tube? Everyone ignores me everywhere I go. Yeah. Anyway, there's a great scene on the bus. There's a really great scene. Where, yeah, she demands seats. And I, I, that really annoyed me that they carried on but so and they it, called her crazy. In terms of your children, yes. do you think you'll embarrass them? So, I know <laughs> I do. Oh, do My you, daughter do you, tells really? me already. Oh, really? Oh, she already told me. Oh, okay. Have I not told you this? No. Came to see, went to see her in a show. And... Um, I mean, this is this is for the therapy session. Went to see her and do her little drama show. Wasn't mm. doing anything. wasn't wasn't being embarrassing. You did just, call it a little drama show, did you? I, no, you can't be like I'm a pro. <laughs> you know. Oh, how lovely you're trying! <laughs> is it a workshop? Um, <laughs> I know. I was very. I just went and sat down, and then afterwards, she came up to me and said, "You're so embarrassing. Stop looking at me." She's seven, and I am now torn because I was raised by a very embarrassing man. Very embarrassing. He, he's, he was nude on the stairs doing press-ups. He's I nude know. on the stairs doing press-ups. I didn't see that, by the way, everyone. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have heard tell. <laughs> but that was in that was inside. But you had friends over and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, like, he would say out loud, my dad, mm. my job is to embarrass you. <gasps> oh, yeah. Like, he okay. he reveled well, this in this. Is, but this is almost like So a, how a dare quote. my daughter think me sitting quietly yeah. is embarrassing? She hasn't got a fucking clue. But, oh, but, so, but, th- but, but what you just said that your dad said, yeah, said my job is to embarrass you, it's literally, it's literally like, a, like this a quote in a letter from um, 
Swift's mum to her. Oh, Swift's she quotes yeah. Swift's mum writes a her good a enough mother. <laughs> oh my god, D.W. Winnicott. Yeah, D.W. Winnicott. Yes, I'm just. He's an amazing, amazing guy. So Swift gives um, editorial meetings, and yeah. she makes her grandma she gives and them homework. Her, yeah, she gives them an assignment. They need to write a letter to Gord before the baby is born, and Grandma writes a very beautiful letter, and her mum writes a letter of someone I would say having a breakdown. Which um, yeah, I was going to ask what you thought about that. The I thought it was really sad that letter because it just it becomes clear how unstable her mum is, yeah. and that's when Swift starts really really worrying that her mum is going to take her own life because yeah. she is, seems so mentally unstable. Okay, I didn't think she seemed so mentally unstable. Oh, do you I think, think it's because I'm not I'm not a child reading that. It, it felt look as someone who like you know does pages. <laughs> once you yeah, once you when start writing, when your child asks you to write. Yeah. A letter to the unborn baby. You don't give them the stream of consciousness. You go like, oh, you know, Swift just wanted a nice, reassuring letter. You feel the tension of Swift that she's, co- she, like you said, she's not only her grandma's carer, she's her mother's carer as well. So that's why she is in that weird adult child position. Uh, if you don't know who Winnicott is, he's like a child psychotherapist or psychotherapist who very famously wrote, created this phrase, the good enough mother, and said children don't need perfect mothers. And the Out of the fifties, they need mothers who who are good enough because otherwise, you think perfection is what. Yes, I think the quote, and I'm paraphrasing it because I can't find it, but it's about how I'm a failure. But it's good that I'm a failure because yes. the duty of a parent is to fail yeah. because otherwise, the child has to make this leap from sort of, uh, you know, pleasant pleasant fiction to reality. Yeah, as yeah. In like what the real world is. So if you fail, they meet the real world. <laughs> yeah, that and that's what Winnicott Faster. says, which is so yeah. great. It's like if you're a perfect mother. They'll go out into the world and they'll be, be so confused that other people aren't yeah. perfect. Yeah, which is what and ha- and struggle with their own emotions when they are imperfect. Exactly. Yes. Here we go. This is her mum's letter. Um, it is important to fail at mothering, or else your child will not pass from illusion to reality. The mother teaches the child to handle frustration by being by one. being one. Yeah. Then she drew a smiley face and a heart, and the words "ha ha," and she added a PS that said, "That's D. W. Winnicott's concept of the good enough mother." She wrote, "Love, mom." <laughs> yeah. I ran downstairs to show the letter to grandma. She's going to kill herself. I said, <laughs> and um, I know we laugh because it's. Because Swift lives in this, like, everything's so heightened and everything's so stressful. Yes, yeah. And she's got so much anxiety, understandably, yeah. living in this crazy, crazy house. Well, uh, one of the things that she says to her mum, which is, like, leave the drama on the stage. That's yeah. um, <laughs> And um, and her grandma sort of adds in, why don't you just realise you're normal? Like, would it kill you to realise you're normal for once? And I guess that's a really good example of how this book deals with everything so humorously. <laughs> Yeah, it reminded me, maybe that's why we like it as well, because yeah. the way they speak to each other is quite Essexy yeah. in like its constant humour to diffuse tension. Mm. So there is that constant, like if anyone gets any kind of like emotional or, sinc- or sincereness, someone yeah. is making a joke really quickly yes. and yeah. laughing at them and being like, oh, calm down, Swift. Like, but I also think it's lovers lubricant or like bounce. Yes, yeah, because yeah. Because we have such a strong relationship between the grandmother and the mother even though that isn't what Swiv is concentrating on. There's a moment where the mother talks about how she wishes she could be back inside her mum. Yeah. And I thought, God, you must really love your mum as an adult to still think yeah. that, not have this like bafflement or like, oh my God. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. You can tell they've been through a lot. And then what I love, so the first half of the book is all Swiv. It's all this child's perspective. And then they get on a plane to Fresno, which is crazy. Mm. Grandma is not well enough to get on this plane. Absolutely yeah. and crazy. And she has her nine-year-old carer sort of in charge of suitcases. And in charge of suitcases. She's got yeah. nitro spray that if she sprays it three times, it doesn't work. They have to go to the hospital. They mm. regularly sprayed it three times. Yeah. And then we get this, um, yeah, this monologue from the grandma where she, she has such good writing because she reveals so much yeah, why the mum is like this yeah. where the dad is he's he's basically he's run off because of you know mental health and yes. alcoholism yeah um and why they are trying to survive the things that have happened to them mm. and how much they love swiv and swiv is such a beautiful chapter and then at the end swiv says something like i started to breathe because mm. it's like once she knows actually what's going on rather than being having things like sex discussed in front of her, but no one is saying to her, your dad was an alcoholic and he could not handle and he just, he left. Yeah. So I feel like that moment, it happens proper midpoint in the book where you're like, oh, Swift now gets really quite what's going on. Mm. And then they go to see the cousins in Fresno who are actually quite old. Um, and there's this sort of beautiful moment where Lou, this cousin who is an old hippie, um, Swift discovers and the grandma looked after him when she was 13 years old mm. and they have this bond and they're just, you know, this big grey haired hippie man who's clearly having a breakdown as well. has just got his head on his grandma's shoulder and just crying and she's just holding him. But everyone's still laughing and enjoying and you sort of start realising, yeah, how, how much shit has happened to this family, but how much they, like you said, there's so much love, like they love each other. It's so... Yeah, there isn't sometimes people who are trying to cope or trying to process trauma could be so spiteful. Yeah, yeah. They push away people who care about them. They don't think they're, you know, worthy of love, all of those kind of things. And, yeah, the the mum is battling, but she's battling to have a good life and be good enough for yeah. her daughter. And I even loved, actually, with the mum, even the way she talks about smoking. I know, I know. So she has these sort of Marley's. <laughs> Like a packet sort of waiting for when she's not pregnant anymore and she can have a cigarette. Yeah, like when Gord's not ruining her yeah. life. And when she moans about being constipated and how she could just have a fag and a black coffee and it would sort itself out, but she can't <laughs> because she's pregnant. And I, and I just thought that's the that's, that's such a good example of... She's doing the right thing. Yeah. She's struggling with it. She, yeah. Because it isn't easy. Yeah, it's not. It's hard and it's not the life that she thought she was going to have and there's clearly all this like mental health stuff going on 
She has genetically this, in the family. She has this ongoing relationship with the stage manager that we oh, hear that's about. That's so funny, that stage manager. So she makes a comment, stage manager. And I thought this was so funny to read about in a book as well. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a very off-stage character in the book, a stage manager from rehearsals that her mum goes to. So she doesn't have time to read. And her mum says, but you watch Netflix for three hours a night. (laughs) And then the stage manager is really funny with her and doesn't give her a cues to go on. So then she texts the stage manager. Then she gets her a card. She doesn't text back, so she's crying. Yeah, so then she writes her a card. And you do start saying, this woman is a bit intense. But actresses are. Uh, They are. I know. I think it's a believable character. But you do sort of think, oh, God, like you just want the mum to just like leave it. And then she's like, is ringing her and trying to, like make it better and I just think the three characters Swift, the mum and the grandma are just so believable so well-rounded like I completely loved hanging out with them I completely yeah felt in this family and it's one it reminds me slightly of Catherine Heine um all of her books really because it's one of those books where it's quite hard to say what it's about like Mm. not much happens not a great deal you know it's not like you go to the school and you find out she what's happening or like it's just a kid and her grandma hanging out well, and I, then I they go to Fresno. comparing it to and it's very diff- different in tone but a book that we both love um, My Phantoms by Gwendolyn Riley. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is a much more a much a bleaker pathos yeah, yeah. much more uh, pathos filled or bleaker version of this which is still so well observed like when a yeah. parent talks I go yeah that's a parent or it's that definitely that kind of parent that's a very English isn't it yeah and it has much more like English like sharpness to it mm. whereas this has definitely a much more like but it doesn't have the love the love as the the sort of the balloon yeah <laughs> Protect, the protecting everybody yeah yeah and then I mean it's, it has the opposite it has people who can't give their love to each yeah. other and stuff happens at the end which like we won't say because I think it's enjoyable to read it. Like I was really worried the whole time that's what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Sarah's revealed it. I haven't revealed they? anything. But I, were, I mean, oh, like, something I, I, I does what, happen. I guess that's what it is. I kept worrying something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. yeah, it's not, that's the thing. It's not that kind of book. It's one of those books that's just, I love those books where you just like hang out with some, with a group of people for like a little moment of their life. Mm. And you just, you know what I mean? You just feel like you're just peeking in for like 15 minutes being like, oh, this is how they all interact. This is what all happens. And then you kind of leave them. And she's so, like, I think you have to be a really good writer to do that because it's not mm. like, oh, it's an epic adventure and then they do this and they do this. It's like, no, no. Just, they're just but, living. But, it's, but it's, it's living, but it's surviving and it's thriving. It's surviving, <laughs> but it's surviving and thriving. thriving. Because this is why I like also like weirdos in books. Yes, like, she's definitely a weirdo. But they, they all are. And... I had a non-traditional family. It had all women and the, the adults didn't filter in front of children. Yeah, yeah. So seeing people coping with it, celebrating it, the humour in it, all of those lovely things, it is really nice as a balance to bleaker things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's why I that's why I bought it for you for your birthday, even before <laughs> the podcast. Because I was like, Sarah will like this book. Yeah. Because it is so, like we said, it's so full of love. It's And it's a very uplifting weirdly uplifting book for what they're going through the grandma is an amazing character like you love i yeah. loved her i just mm. loved her and you can see she's trying like you said she's trying so hard in a yeah. life that is is such a hard life and, and having so much fun so much fun Even she's such a she's funny in person chronic pain. she's in the worst pain that you can have the bit when they're, they're on the plane and, and swiv actually falls asleep after this chat yeah, i didn't and, know she was faking it or not no i think she's that's when she says like i you know, oh, I can rest. relax, yeah, I can okay. relax. But when she wakes up and they have to get off the plane and they have to catch another flight and she's like grandma 
has spoken to the whole plate. Mm. So everyone is helping and swapping and they're saying, emails. Like, have fun with Ken and Lou. Yeah. And she was like, someone must have told grandma that her whole family would die and she makes friends with every fucking person she meets. <laughs> and I was just like, love that frustration of mm. being in a family with someone who's over-friendly yeah. when you're the one who is uptight and anxious. Yeah. And you're like, I have to fucking get somewhere. Mm. And like, they weird put in the wheelchair, she wheels down the ramp into a body shop. So. Yeah. <laughs> and like knocks over all the soaps and stuff yeah. and um, again because Swift's so young she thinks they're going to get arrested yeah. for doing that and grandma's like laughing her head off so badly that she can't breathe and she has to have her nitro spray and it's like there's actually a lot of like farcical moments in it yeah. that are just so funny but also yeah at the same time you are dealing with this like yeah a person really who's really really old and mm. really really ill Yeah. Um, I'm very glad you enjoyed it I really enjoyed it, it did your dad um so did your dad make friends with people publicly? Just, yeah. My grandpa was more embarrassing than him. Mm. Um, so he, and my grandpa also said, my job is to be embarrassing. So my dad had inherited this idea. Yeah. So again, my dad's view was like, but it's not, it, what you're going through is not as bad as what I went through. Right. And that's what I'm now doing to be my daughter, <laughs> being like, well, it's not as bad. Um, yeah, no, it was more just... Yeah, because I think what I like about her, she's like a friendly old lady, isn't she? Mm. And she's charming. And she's talking about basketball and she's asking stories. Yeah. My dad would more just talk to people, not My necessarily. dad used to wink. My dad wink? would, would wink. <laughs> uh, so so uh, if we were on a bus, for instance, say we were going swimming, he was taking us swimming, he would wink at other children and he didn't understand. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, he, and, and once, this is the most embarrassing thing he did, once we went to stay in his flat so he lived near Waterloo and um, some children were being horrible to me and Cheryl we went out to play and it was very yeah. rough and it wasn't our it wasn't our manner yeah and it so, wasn't your end so yeah. these kids were like you know fuck off back to Romford <laughs> and um, my dad came out and my dad's not an aggressive person so what he did was pretended he wanted to kiss all these girls so because they'd made fun of my jacket I was wearing so he was oh, no. like but your jacket is so gorgeous give me a kiss oh no I'm and so embarrassed after, already and afterwards my dad said to me if you, if you don't want to be aggressive then you have to be funny so he was trying to say to me you'd be funny you deflect it and there's all these kids run away but I was like, Dad, they'll think you're a pedo. <laughs> like, you haven't solved this problem. Now they think I've got a bad jacket and a pedo, Dad. But also, we are understanding why you do comedy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, and you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and what's worse is like, my friends thought my dad was funny. Yeah. yeah, this. And I feel bad for him because me and my brother thought he was so embarrassing. I think that is just, and and the same within the book, it's with other people's parents, we don't have, they're not our parents. Yeah. So we're able to sort of just take them, accept them as they are and think what wonderful qualities they have. Like he'd like do stuff and they would be like, ah, your dad's so funny. And mm. I'd be like, just, just, what the, f like, yeah. no, stop, stop. Just very loud. Very, very loud, mm. yeah. I think I can deal with chatty. It was just being so loud and unaware of other people and farting very loudly in public places. Oh, wow. Very loudly. Okay. We all fart. Yeah. No big deal. So, listen, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so we recommend this, five weirdos out of five. <laughs> have we started doing that, have we? I think we recommend everything we're reading. I think we recommend reading in general. We do recommend reading I just reading don't want other books to be upset. <laughs> Yeah, we have, we've just gone okay, out of all the books so far. We recommend this one. Um, it made me want to read her other stuff as well. Best-selling author of *Summer of My Amazing Luck*, mm. *A Boy of Good Breeding*, *A Complicated Kindness*, *The Flying Troutmans*, *Irma Voth*, *All My Puny Sorrows*, *Fight Night*, and *Women Talking*. 
and one work of nonfiction, Swing Low, A Life. But yeah, I think she's a writer that I'm very glad I've come across because I just, she's brilliant. Yeah, um, I'm worried that we've featured too many books by Faber and it's going to look like I'm biased towards my publishers. Because oh. when I noticed it's another Faber, I was like, I think we've done 70% Faber Have books. We? I think so. Well, I think that's a sign that they're a great publisher. <laughs> Suck up. It's <laughs> just good books. Yes. And we didn't do that on purpose. No, I chose we that one, not, on purpose, not yeah. even you. Yeah. Although Faber made me. <laughs> <laughs> they knocked on my house. So they give you a like, £5 book voucher every time you do it. Oh, oh I'd definitely do it for a £5 actually, book voucher. I've got some swag. I did get some swag. Did you? They sent me a big Swiss mug and a jumper because we talked about big Swiss on the podcast. I didn't get a big Swiss jumper. I, I know, I know. Right, you can ask and then maybe you'll get it. Oh, do you hear that, listeners? She didn't say she'd give me her jumper. No, you can ask. I've worn it in bed. You don't want my jumper. Okay, I don't want your jumper. Well, that's it nice of them. It's really nice. It's yeah. a very cool jumper and mug, actually. Oh, all right. I'm going to ask for you to have them. No, it, I don't want I don't want to get them because my friend asked. Why aren't they sending them to both of us? Because um, I did ask them. Oh, I, <laughs> I, was, I, was in a, I was in a meeting and I'd seen them on Instagram. And I was like, what Oh, do you didn't you, say that I bit. I was like, what do you have to do to get that mug and jumper? And they were like, oh, we're, we're sending them out to influencers who are mentioning the book. And I went, I've done a podcast on it. Oh, good work. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I just need to become an influencer. <laughs> A bookfluencer. Bookfluencer. Would you want to be a bookfluencer? <sighs> no, it seems like quite a lot. Of, you have to do a lot of content. I then just don't trust them as well. Yeah, like, I if think... you're doing it because someone sent you a book and a jumper, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you're open to bribery. Well, Sarah Pascoe, you just outed yourself. It's not actually. Uh... No, I've I've seen it from the other side. When my book came out, they sent them to lots of influencers, and what influencers do is they take a picture of it and go, I've "Just been sent this book." Yeah, and that doesn't make me want. But that's what happens to me, and it, that's what yes. happens to me. People just said, "Oh, I." Like I've seen this it. book and what this is how it works. Oh. You see the image of a book, yeah. you keep seeing it, and the next time you're in the shop you're like, Oh yeah, fight night. I've seen that. But you can't remember where. You're just like Oh, oh yeah. So you're that's, saying it does work. I totally that's how I buy books. Oh, so I get the opposite. I go like, Ugh, don't try and influence me. I'll never read it. And yet it has worked. No, but I never saw this. Oh how weird. Never ever saw it. Oh, okay. Well they know how to get to you, it's through me. <laughs> Oh, there are so many beautiful lines, yeah. actually. I know, we haven't read out enough enough funny bits. i tell you what, let's just talk about this bit at the end, because okay. um, it's about applause, and applause is how things end. You know, it shows it. Did, oh, did, yeah. you, did you find this meaningful to you as a performer? <coughs> so the mother is an actress. Oh, yeah. She hates applause. Oh, yeah, that was really funny. And so mum said, applause seems sarcastic and bizarre. She hates applause even for herself. And grandma asked her how the audience is supposed to express their gratitude for her performance. And mum said, just by sitting there quietly. <laughs> I just I just loved it. That, uh, that makes me think of you. Talk about how incredible the writing is. Uh, In the pandemic, I missed applause so much. I made my husband applaud me when I used to come into the room. Yeah. I used to come into the room and bow so as if I'd done a show. And he'd applause just so I was like, thank you. I just needed to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I missed it. I don't want the audience to be in silence. I want the applause. When she hears clapping, mum gets really sad. I think there's so many performers <coughs> who would yes. uh, under, understand, understand that. Understand that, yes. And w- what we're being told about a character. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. It's very complex. Grandma said that's because it means the show is over. Mum talked about her hatred of applause in therapy. But when the therapist tried to understand what she meant, mum said, ah, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Just fuck it. <laughs> So good. It's I so can't good. recommend it enough. It's I just so love this book. It's such a delight of a book. And it's one of those, not that this matters, but it's an easy read. Won't it won't take you forever. It's not it, going to hurt it your wrists. It does matter because there are times yes. when 
that's what you want is a yeah. book that when you pick it up it's just a delightful there, read you're just going to jump in flows, you'll yeah. do it in a probably a week two weeks and you can pop it in your bag it won't annoy you pop it in your bag pop it in your bag because it's a nice size it's not going to be like oh, I see. lugging it round you're very sizest with literature yes because sometimes then you get grumpy at your bag because you're like oh that bloody book and it's like ruins the enjoyment of the book because you're like oh it's so heavy I saw on the day that Richard Osman's book came out the most yeah. recent um, Thursday Murder Club about 150 people reading a massive hardback wow. on the train. To well, that's class. like Harry Potter, though. He's in a different exactly, world. Exactly, exactly. So I think sometimes people love the big, chunky... Yeah, I'd lo- I, yeah occasionally. Book, yeah. But like if it's like this, you just... Yeah, pop it in your bag. <laughs> don't think about it. So well, nice. Some people don't carry bags. We don't have the time. <laughs> we don't have the time for that kind of shocking revelation. Yeah. Right. Mm. Any last sign to end on? That was it. The oh, that was it. I was just checking. Yeah. I thought you were going to get another Because you end things with applause. <laughs> so that's why it was on theme. Right, let's do it. Ready? Are we clapping? Yeah. But she would hate that. Hope you don't feel sad. Oh. (laughs) Don't feel sad. We're saying well done, Miriam. Thank you for listening to the Weirdos Book Club. Next week's book guest is Julia by Sandra Newman. Sarah's novel Weirdo and my book, You're Not Alone, are both available to buy in bookshops now. Also, I've got a live Weirdo event at the South Bank Centre on May the 9th if you'd like to come. Oh, book your ticket. What are you doing? Go and go. Book your ticket now. Don't wait. Thanks, Grandma. No worries. (laughs) Thank you for reading with us. We like reading with you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands.